Today's scripture comes from Matthew chapter 3, verses 13 through 17. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. The Word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. I grew up in a household that received National Geographic magazine. Any of y'all remember that? They were never thrown away. Not a single one was ever thrown away in our house, but instead they were carefully placed on this bookshelf next to every other issue that we had received at 1729 Hillhedge Drive. And I love to look at these photo-dense magazines with animals and foreign countries, all sorts of things. And someone noticed that and eventually got me my own subscription to the National Geographic Kids magazine, Explorer. And in the back of each issue of that magazine, there was this grid of photos, similar to the ones that I shared with Kinsley this morning. They were extreme close-ups of everyday items. And the trick each month was to figure out what each one was. Uncooked spaghetti noodles, close up looks like some sort of sea creature rooted to the ocean floor with its tentacles waving in the current. Grains of sugar or salt looked like tiny diamonds. Animal close-ups were especially abundant, and they particularly loved close-ups of eyes, like I shared today. And this was just a reminder of the amazing variety of life on our planet. For the next several weeks, we will look at some scriptures that invite us to do just what I love to do each month when I got my magazine. Look close, step back, and see the bigger picture. For us, we're talking about seeing the picture from God's viewpoint. And today we start with a text that is perfect for this exercise, the baptism of Jesus. Now, every gospel tells this story, but every gospel tells it maybe just a little differently. The very succinct gospel of Mark says, Jesus came from Galilee, was baptized by John, and the heavens opened and the Spirit descended, and a voice said, You are my son, I am pleased with you. That's a little bit of a paraphrase, but it's not much longer than that. Luke, now Luke is usually pretty flowery and descriptive for an author, but if you can believe it, in this instance, Luke uses even fewer words than Mark does, and he almost makes it sound like an aside that Jesus was baptized. He, he kind of puts it oddly. He says, now when all the people were baptized, and oh yeah, Jesus was one of them. 
The heavens opened, spirit descended, voice from heaven. The Gospel of John, it never actually says that John baptized Jesus. It just records that John the Baptist says he witnessed the spirit descend on Jesus. Now Matthew's account, which we heard today, I think it kind of highlights for us why the gospel accounts are a little tentative about this story. It's an important story that they knew they needed to share, but it was a little odd nonetheless. So Matthew's version captures what is unsaid in the others when it records John saying to Jesus, but I can't baptize you. You should baptize me. Fair point, right? Why would the Son of God need to be baptized? Jesus did not need to confess his sin or repent of sin or be forgiven of his sin because he was without sin. Yet, Jesus asked to be cleansed in the waters of the Jordan, just like the crowds who were there, to confess, repent, receive forgiveness, for they are very real sins. Why would Jesus need to be baptized? Why would God send him to be baptized? Well, I want you to think about what we hear every week in this service, in our communion liturgy, about what Jesus did when he walked on earth. Jesus ate with sinners, talked with sinners, walked with sinners. We hear this when we hear Jesus healed the sick, fed the hungry, ate with sinners. And so Jesus did join the sinners in the waters of the Jordan. Jesus joined the people there, and he gave God's endorsement to what was taking place there at the river with John. Now, when John balks at the idea of baptizing Jesus, Jesus tells him, let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. I always read this response a little more bluntly than the text puts it. I always hear something like this. Get over yourself, John. It's not about you. It's about God. This is the bigger picture, the God picture, I lift up for us all to consider this morning. John, in the moment when Jesus came to him and asked to be included with sinners in the waters of the Jordan, John thinks a little small. John is zoomed in a little bit too much on personal things. So Jesus tells him, think bigger. God tells him to back up, to see the whole picture, to consider God's presence there, not just his and John's. Here in our community of faith, we are blessed to experience baptisms every year. Perhaps most frequently, these baptisms look like a family who brings an infant or young child forward for the sacrament. Next week, we will most likely see some of our young people who are being confirmed at our 11 o'clock service. Some of them will get baptized because they have not been baptized before. And occasionally, we will witness an adult taking a step in their faith journey that had never included the waters of baptism before. 
Every time we baptize a person of any age in the Methodist church, that is the only time that person has been baptized. And if they hold on to Methodist doctrine about baptism, it will be the only time they are baptized in their life. This is a hard pill for some to swallow. I will tell you that. This idea of one and only one baptism ever. And I I get it. I get it. You see, every year, your pastors will find themselves face-to-face with someone who was lovingly brought before the church and baptized as an infant or a child, who obviously had no say in that action and does not remember it, and who, as an adult, is feeling a strong desire to publicly declare their faith through baptism. Every year, your pastors will have to tell this beloved child of God before them as gently as possible, no. Every year, your pastors will have to try to explain why a rebaptism would be thinking too small and would be zooming in a bit too much on personal things. Every year, your pastors will have to ask someone whose heart is full of love for God to think bigger and back up and consider God's everlasting presence, a presence that does not need to return to the waters of baptism once a person has been there before. Methodist theology, you see, it recognizes the bigness of baptism and it respects who is really at work in the sacrament. It is not the parents of the infant or child. It is not a decision of a confirmand to be. It is not the good-intentioned will of an adult. It's God. Baptism is not merely the dedication of a child to God as infant baptism is sometimes viewed. Baptism is not merely a profession of faith and joining of the church as adult baptism is sometimes viewed. Baptism is an act of God in the life of the one being baptized. While humans are fallible and may in fact need many do-overs in their lives, God is not and does not need to do anything over. Once God has claimed a life through baptism, he does not need to do it again. So we do not do it again in the Methodist Church. And when we zoom in and see this bigger picture like John did at the Jordan that day, I think we can see how truly beautiful this is. This God's eye view of our lives and his spectacular steadfast love for us. But we are human. And we do love to seek experiences of God's grace. Every week we are fortunate here in this service to have the opportunity to come to his table and experience his grace in the sacrament of Holy Communion. And today, as part of our celebration of how Jesus walked into the waters of the Jordan alongside the sinners as an act of solidarity with humanity, we will also have the opportunity to be reminded of the waters of our baptism. We brought the baptismal font down front this morning, and I have placed a bowl of stones here in the font. When you come up later, 
for communion. You are invited to place your fingers in this bowl, and if you would like to reach in and take a stone with you as a reminder of your baptism. Remember your baptism today. Even if you were so young that you can't actually remember yours when it happened, remember your baptism and the big act of God in your life that occurred then. Zoom out. See God's view. Remember your baptism and be thankful. Let us pray. Pour out your Holy Spirit, Heavenly Father, and by this gift of water, call to our remembrance the grace delivered to us in our baptism. For you have washed away our sins and you clothe us with righteousness throughout our lives, that dying and rising with Christ we may share in his final victory. All praise to you, Eternal Father, through your Son, Jesus Christ, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns forever. Amen.